This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Well, we we have this 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 uh, innate desire to just understand, yeah. and um, sometimes when we get into levels of understanding, it could get scary. Mm. And then uh, if we let fear sort of take over, and we stay into that sort of headspace of that. Uh, we we then are comforted by control. Um, it, what would happen if we just let the the native species of the, of this part of America be what it wants to be? You know, we're, we're often fighting it back. Mm. We see some of it as a menace. Uh, you know, coming through the cracks of a of a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this guy. There's this guy I follow on Instagram that that is a real advocate. He's in Alabama. He's an advocate for. Uh, uh, respecting native plant species uh, for ecosystems in in your in your areas, yeah. uh, and I you know he's just so, like he like I I when I I was a real toy when it came to like planting things and stuff like that. And another byproduct of COVID is I was able to put more love into my home space. Uh, being coming from graffiti, I fell into these sort of addictive cycles of just constantly being on the road wanting to just sort of discover myself through discovering new places. Um, and, and, and all of it, and, and in my, when I moved to, uh, Paris in, in 2019, I went there with a mission to sort of keep my head down and paint. I felt that there was just a real mood in the air. You know, Donald Trump was president uh, tensions were just becoming a little bit heightened and you could just sense, you know, like it'd be like if you were in a, it'd be like if you were in a, in a bar and there's a bunch of different people around, sometimes you could sort of sense like, yo, there's like a real kind of bad vibe. You could tell when shit's about to pop off, you know? Mm -hmm. And I felt that that time, the summer of 2019, I could really feel that we were on the cusp of like, like an energetic shift and and the more i would turn my energy within myself the more i would get these intuitive confirmations that yes certainly some shit's about to pop off you know nobody likes this motherfucker that's president Mm -hmm. you know and 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 all this other stuff like sometimes we just have to let it out on ourselves and and you know one end of ourselves is taking out taking it out on another end of ourselves Mm -hmm. you know and yeah, I got this intuitive hit to to get over to France and keep my head down and not get into the social scene and all that kind of stuff. And I liquidated my life in, in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I had a one-day studio sale. You know, I was like, oh, shit, how am I going to get enough money to go over and move to I remember that. a foreign yeah, country? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, and how do you do that on your own, uh, you know, pursuing a, a career as, as a professional artist? You know, you, you, you find, you, you keep landing those, those tricks, you know, it'd be like a graffiti writer wanting to get a filling off on a particular corner. 
you know, it's like, oh shit, am I going to be able to get this or am I not going to get it? And when you get it, you're like, you just find that you keep getting it. And that's when maybe sometimes with graffiti bombers, we get a little cocky or we just like, we just feel, we expect that rhythm to continue. And then sometimes we don't, we get checked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I went over there and I decided to liquidate my life and have a studio sale. I let people into my studio and yeah, one day I, I made like $36,000 in one day and I was like, fuck. It was much better to go that route than to be nickel and diamond and, and stressing about how I'm going to generate money. I came mm-hmm. up with a creative solution. What made you um, want to make that change? Did you just feel like you needed a new environment or what, you know? Well, uh, next week I'll be 44 years old. Um, Happy birthday. I, well, well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, uh, I, I was... I've been just sort of wandering uh, this world uh, with the excuse of of graffiti. You know, it's so wonderful to find something that we enjoy pursuing enough uh, to have common interests with strangers, um, to, you know, put ourselves in places that we've never been before. Uh, Yeah, I just went on a a rhythm of, of discovering myself through understanding um this world through painting graffiti and play in the in in the most undesirable places of cities you know uh i'd go to a city and and never go to some of the tourist attractions but i'd be in in cutty back alleys or on some train tracks or being in this place or that place and dealing with people at odd odd hours um yeah it really it really Gets, it puts you in a position of seeing the world from an outside perspective mm-hmm. in some ways and also a, a, a mindset where rules are, are optional. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you learn so much around curving uh, 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 through the, the, the norms or, or the standards that are sort of set by society. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I was very dysfunctional. I, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, born in Brooklyn. I grew up, in, I grew up on Staten Island. I'm one of these Brooklyn people that moved over to Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, started writing graffiti on Staten Island at 12. My home life was a little disorganized. Uh, I felt displaced. Um, I was looking for something, and at 12, I found graffiti. Uh, and in some ways, I, I think that we're like horses. You know, um, when we're when we're when we're kids, when we're babies, our, our spirits are wide open. Mm. You know, and, and through the course of being uh, a teenager, you, you got to grow up or being an adult or being a, a parent or being a this or being a that. Uh, sometimes we lose that connection mm-hmm. uh, to imagination, yeah. to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see those things as childish. And for the few of us that, that are able to take something from childhood and bring it into our adult years, I feel like in some ways uh, we kept that spirit alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, and it was graffiti. Yeah, I like to draw before, you know. But, 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 but about those lawns in France, I, I let some of my lawn do its thing. I create yeah. these patches, and I noticed that it, it's, it's more than the species growing. It, it, it creates places for, for bees to go. Uh, other types of uh, uh, little little bugs and and snails and this thing and that thing, and then my ducks 
would be eating all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it creates this, it creates places for, for birds to get material for nesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we fight that. Exactly. Where does, um, where does France come into play? Because the way I think of it is like when you, when you're doing graffiti and you're, maybe you're traveling from city to city, particularly in America, you're meeting like a bunch of writers in a way like graffiti can sometimes be like an antisocial thing. But also it can be also very social because you're meeting a bunch of people, like you said, that you'll have like this common interest with that otherwise you wouldn't meet. You're going to all these different places. But then you go to like France and uh, assuming that you don't know as many people there, you're kind of getting away from everything you know in America, getting away from even just like our culture here to kind of like in a way like isolate yourself. Did you feel that way? And and yeah. So what do you think about it in terms of that? Well, it feels like the things that come into our lives are all sort of like episodic lessons. And if we start to pay attention to the rhythm of some of these things, we might notice patterns. We might notice ourselves keep going through the same lesson again and again and again until we decide that we're ready not to. You know, it, it might come in the form of, of what you're attracted to, ending up constantly in the same place or whatever. Um, at 39 years old, I I went through, well, in my 30s, I started to uh, contemplate things. And even before that, in my 20s, I moved to Los Angeles uh, in 2005. I was 26 years old. And I moved out there with like $400 in my Washington Mutual account and i said well fuck it I'm, i dropped out of college and i said well i'm gonna go out there and do what i love and i'm gonna go do graffiti i'm gonna make art and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna see if it if it has any legs you know i gave myself until i was 30 so from 26 to 30 i was just gonna go for it and see if it certainly is something respectable certainly is something that's a career and by the time I was 29, I kind of hit that place. I said, well, fuck it. I could always go back to New York and get a job at Home Depot, yeah. <laughs> you know, or go back to college and get a degree and teach people how to be artists rather than going and trying to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. But I did. And, and yeah, that led to me traveling about and pursuing uh, uh, the idea of being myself for a living. And it led me to France and and... I ended up doing a, a series of solo shows in France, uh, which got more and more serious. And then I had to take art a bit more and more serious. And uh, I found that to be a, 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 a wonderful or, and connected artist, you have to be connected to the work that you create. Mm-hmm. It has to be a, like a feeling. There just is something sort of in the essence of what it is that comes through. So... I, I, I paid a lot of attention to that in the art making process. And then as I got into some psychedelic stuff and everything like that and started to ponder in these, in these repetitive hours of painting, you fall into these, these, these flow states. And in these flow states, maybe you go from this state to that state. I don't know what they're called, theta or, or whatever it is. Uh, you get into these places, and when you get into these places, you know, things might be pondered uh and, and maybe you might switch from from thinking to feeling you know and uh yeah i got into that i got into 
I was never into drugs growing up. Uh, I was very hesitant. Never done cocaine to this day. Never done heroin or these things. Uh, I was always really cautious. I, I grew up in environments where people would go down those routes, family that would go down those routes. And, uh, yeah, I didn't want to do any of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, when I got into psychedelics, things started to come up in that. And at uh, 39 years old, I had my little, what I, you know, my little midlife crisis of some kind. But it wasn't, it wasn't so much a crisis as it more was like, you know, an opening up to the, the, the possibility of, of, of what I am or what I am becoming, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, as we're all kind of in motion. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, I mean, now that we're on the topic of psychedelics, um, you know, I have my own experiences with that and, you know, my own story. And I think that if you go into psychedelics with just, I don't know, like in res- with respect and yeah, respect. knowing that they are a teacher and that you're not just using it for like a party drug or just to go out and hang out and whatever. Um, and the more and more you respect it and the more you take it, I feel like it's almost as if like it sends you these messages that are, um, mm-hmm. you know, not one you can put just like with an alphabet, but it's more like of a feeling and an mm-hmm. intuition, you know what I mean? Because even me personally, growing up, I was just so isolated and alone for the majority of my life because my father passed that, you know, when I was at a young age mm-hmm. and I was just, you know, just like angry at the world kind of, you know, and, uh, honestly, after doing psychedelics, um, and I was always hesitant against that stuff because I was like, I don't know where my mind would wander. I'm kind of intimidated almost by them because the stereotype of them from the majority of the population is just that it's just like too much. It's like mm-hmm. some crazy thing that you don't want to go down that road. Mm-hmm. And um, But it's funny how it almost kind of, you could say, nurtures you if, if it happens correctly. And, um, you know, nowadays I do them less. Um, because I just feel like you said earlier in the show, there is an energy shift. And I feel like when I become vulnerable in that state, I feel that energy shift even more and more nowadays. Yeah. And it and it can mix with, um, you know, just like almost this thing with good versus evil. And uh, I feel it just deeply in that state. So, you know, being more cautious in mm-hmm. that. So, uh, Well, what do we, when we do a psychedelic, you know, what, what do we... What are we doing? What are we connecting to? You know, what, you know, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, where, where do all psychedelics come from? The, the ground, no, the, the ground, the earth, yeah, yeah. And then when we have these experiences with the earth in this way, uh, is it is it just us going into us, our physical bodies? You know, what, what are we what are we connecting to there? Mm-hmm. What is that? You know, uh, it's a, it's a big open subject. Thing. Yeah, and maybe it, it, at a certain point it extends outside of the possibility of ourselves. Yeah, it might even extend outside the possibility of of the Earth as being a conscious entity, mm-hmm. and we are all the little sort of figments of yeah. of the Earth experiencing yeah. this. The critters in the grass, yeah, in the lawn. <laughs> we are we are the 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 children of of this planet and as we grow in, in consciousness and, and are recycled back into it, uh, I feel the earth grows as mm-hmm. well. And, and when we go into there through all of these different methods, you know, even drinking some mint tea where 
we're uh, um, brewing uh, the essence of, of this plant and, and consuming it and, and, and it having an effect on our bodies for a period of time. Not psychoactive, but, you know, coffee, you know, can take you there, you know. Any of these things, um, vitamin C. I'm drinking cranberry juice right now. Yeah. You know, uh, I have some sort of discomfort on my side that I just try to uh, hypothesize until yeah. I get around to an urgent care. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and I'm hoping that, you know, uh, uh, cranberry juice is the ticket for whatever yeah, yeah. body part is, is over there. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I've just been so busy running around the world being fascinated by being alive and you know, exploring these ideas, like, mm-hmm. like, like, w- what is imagination? You know, when, when we, when we are create things, you know, uh, where is that coming from? Is it coming from things in our brain firing off and that's it? You know, where did, where did, where does imagination come from? Where does creativity come from? <laughs> Somewhere in what we yeah. call the conscious mind, I guess, okay. or maybe, or maybe yeah. the unconscious mind, which no one has seemed to find yet you know Mm. um you said you you grew up like not really doing and kind of avoiding like for lack of a better term like drugs and i remember in in some interview that i was listening to you of you speak you were saying how um you didn't do psychedelics for a while because of uh you were just hesitant for whatever reason yeah um when was the first time you did it and uh how did that come about well uh you know i like i said i grew up around people sort of losing themselves to addiction, you know, all forms of addiction. And uh, it made me, you know, weary of that, you know. And then also, uh, I think one time I, I was living on Staten Island and, and me and uh, uh, my friend John, we, we bought some acid in the park. We were playing handball and bought some acid in the park and it was $5 for hits. And uh, we took these hits and we went to the movies and we went to the movies and we saw son-in-law with Paulie Shaw and then we went into Snow White and then after that we high as kites walking into cars almost getting hit by cars and we went home to my house he slept over my house and we watched Psychic Friends Network infomercial and we drew all night and I was like wow this is really deep you know and after that I I, I think I was 14 I said oh you know maybe I shouldn't do this because I don't want to lose my mind I'm still growing Yeah. yeah you know like maybe it's good to give your body enough time to acclimate to being here on earth until it's, it's, it's fully grown, mm-hmm. you know? And then from there, you know, um, you know, I think that even with alcohol, you know, they try to curb, you know, teenagers from becoming alcoholics to give children enough time to grow, mm-hmm. uh, to grow, not just uh, physically, but also mentally. And, and perhaps if they're lucky spiritually, but by the time we're in our 20s, it's it seems out of place and, and odd for you not to drink alcohol, yeah. to be in a bar and and like, oh, why? You're not going to drink? What's wrong with you? You don't yeah. you don't drink? And you're like, all right, fine. You know, I'm going to fucking drink. All right. And then you just sit there and you're holding this beer. And I think that people are doing this to sort of get that liquid courage and be able to mix with people or, or there's maybe some awkward or inadequacies that where maybe sometimes we're not feeling comfortable in who we are or we have this really distorted egoic view of who we are and 
And then these people, these knuckleheads that I hang out with in New York City, they all want to get drunk and fight each other or fight someone else or something like that. And then you're involved in all this bullshit. And then, and then after you get all drunk like that, you go out and write graffiti. And then, and then, and then you're getting that sort of skewed thing, and you're just impatient, and you're paying over this person, and then you're dealing with all this nonsense. And people are getting jumped, and people are getting stabbed, and people are getting killed, and all this nonsense over something that's really fucking stupid. And then after a while, this shit gets a little played out. That shit gets a little corny. You know, that that rah-rah shit, you know, uh, Wu-Tang was dope in the 90s and all. But, like, I can't, I can't rock to that radio station forever. I'm not going to ride that vibe into the sunset. You know, uh, it just, it's not healthy. You know, and, and so in my 30s, again, I was very weary. I... I landed at uh 2011 I was 32 and I was painting graffiti at that time just habitually like I fell into the mode of just living out of luggage and like as soon as I'd get home my fridge be empty I was living in LA and my fridge was empty the toilet bowl hadn't been flushed in so long the water went all the way down mm. and I was like and someone's like yo you want to go to you want to go to uh France you want to mm. go to Yo, let's go over to to Florida. Let's go to this place. Let's go to that place. Let's go to China. Yo, you want to go to China? I got a free trip to China. Or somebody reach out and be like, "Yo, I want you to come down to Mexico City." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." You know, and and one of these things, I was painting some graffiti event at in uh, San Antonio, Texas, and I was with a couple of my close friends and. We drove up to Austin and we were at a house party and. People were sniffing coke and smoking weed and drinking, and I don't sniff coke. I really don't give a fuck about drinking, but I'm drinking the Corona to fit in, and I'm hanging out with my friends as they're doing their cocaine politics, and then there were some people playing CeeLo in the kitchen, so I decided to start playing CeeLo in the kitchen, and it was $20 hands, and I was like, damn, this is, I don't want to be dropping $20 all the time playing these yeah. fucking passionate people about playing CeeLo, and they were brewing mushroom tea. And then uh, my close friend was like, yo, do this. I was like, no, 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 I don't really want to do that. I want to do it. He's like, just fucking do it, man. Stop being a pussy. And I was like, all right, man. So I drank the tea and I found it to be different than alcohol. Instead of sort of numbing into, you know, whatever state it is, uh, feeling disconnected, I felt a bit more connected. I started thinking about things in, in a fun way. I felt like it was it was like a positive stimulant. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was in a social setting, so I was around a bunch of people. Things felt weird. Um, I said, oh, I should try this again. And then I started going out when I, when I moved back from California. I lived for eight years in California, and then I moved back to New York to sort of connect with family again and stuff like that. And I missed New York. And I landed in New York, and I found that I was exotic in New York, that uh, all these people that I'd be hanging out with them, none of them were native New Yorkers. Like, oh, wow, you talk funny. Oh, you sound like a real New Yorker. And nobody was from New York. Once you get into uh, the north end of Brooklyn, uh, it's all transplants. You know, so I, I just felt this desire to hang out with native New Yorkers. So I moved to Kensington, Brooklyn. I don't know if you know where that is. Yeah, yeah. I was living in Kensington, regular-ass Brooklyn. By Prospect Park, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was living in regular-ass Brooklyn. And... Um, I said, you know what? Maybe I can find out who my father is because I think that shit bothers me. I think that a lot of my my cynicism, a lot of the 
the sort of fuck you attitude that I have maybe comes from that disposition. And uh, I try to look up who he was and all that kind of stuff. But there was no finding this dude. The motherfucker's elusive. Ain't that right, Daddy-O? Yeah, yeah. He, he, ran a, he ran a cab stand in, um, in Borough Park. Wow. Uh, there was a cash front operation. I said, oh, I, I, my mom told me that he, he worked in a cab stand. And I thought maybe I could look that up with tax records. Mm. And, and he said, he said, oh. I said, what? He's like, that was a Fugazi operation. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a movie. Yeah, right? it was a front. Did they, what'd they do in there? Did they do anything? It was just a cash business? Was it like money laundering? <laughs> yeah, they just handled cash. That's what they did. But um, yeah, uh, psychedelics sort of came in at a time that helped me to sort of get past a lot of the cynicism, some of the jadedness that sort of comes in when our spirits are broken. You see, that sometimes we lose connection with imagination and and imagination is certainly rooted in spirituality and 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 religions they become so hardened they just become stern recipes on how to feel you know how to how to feel not not to explain and rationalize but to feel and i think that's that's spirituality that's imagination you just go off a feeling you know like someone like bruce lee or or uh or Mike Tyson, or or, or uh, you know a painter, or any anyone, mm. a, a musician. There's a place that we go as human beings that sort of steps out of recipe, mm. that steps out of technique, and it, it goes into something else. Yeah. It's 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 a feeling, yeah. and some of us, we just we just have it, or we we find ways to connect to it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, religion has a way of sort of uh, numbing that down. And so does alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so does ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the thing with um, psychedelics as well that I notice is it also creates that connection with each other as well in the mm-hmm. moment. Um, I remember I was, I was, um, I took a, you know, a relatively high dose in my friend's uh, bedroom and we were just sitting there and I remember just feeling this oneness with the universe, mm-hmm. you know, just with people, especially in particular. It's so funny. I went through this like moment where I felt like I was sitting on his like wooden floor mm-hmm. and I like put myself in the shoes of someone in prison right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this is insane. Like I truly felt like I was that person sitting in a cell in that situation in their life. And then it transitioned into me thinking about my cousin that I know grew up with like a bad drug addiction mm-hmm. and you know he's bettering himself now and trying mm-hmm. and trying and like you know and I literally picked up my phone and I haven't talked to him in like two years and I literally texted him like dude I love you so much that's all I said in the mm-hmm. message he probably was like what the fuck mm-hmm. you know and I like if it was emotional you know and mm-hmm. it just felt you feel this connection and you're like I start thinking about my mother and my sister and like mm-hmm. you start putting yourself in their shoes and what they've been through in their life I'm like wow that is mm-hmm. something else that is like people really go through some shit you know mm-hmm. um everyone everyone mm-hmm. is it's truly crazy you, yeah. you're going into these 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 places that are that are emotional for you you know uh, so it, it 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 has a way of 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 uh of inviting us into feelings 
you know there, there's thought involved it, it it's 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 inviting thought into an emotional space and i feel that emotional space uh is is wise and 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 conscious and and i think that we're all tethered to this 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 space that blurs outside of the lines of logic of measurement of mind kids have it uh, one of the things i wrote the other day uh, uh, uh logic is the first thing to go in an old folks home mm. you know you can spend your life being as logical and controlling and and fearful as you like but we come into this world let go of logic and we you know exit this world letting go of logic yeah yeah and we return to that place of feelings and 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 possibility that's outside of explanation and we can sort of be in that for a while and when we're in that for a while maybe we could get past the fear we we lull ourselves into that feel that we get there we get to that same place whether it be through experimenting with psychedelics or through meditation or through sleep or through repetitive action or through joy bliss i feel that all of these ways that we have to sort of calibrate ourselves that we're all going to this place we just call it different things you know uh, uh, sleep and meditation i feel we're going to the same place we're going to what the the, the subconscious yeah. you know uh, when you get when you get rem sleep and you're there, you, you, you're resetting, you know, you're, you're like the iPhone that just starts glitching out. What do you do when your iPhone's glitching out? What do you do? Turn yeah. it off, turn it back on. Turn it yeah. off, turn it back on. You know, and, and if you don't, you know, things get delinquent. And same thing with us too. Um, we get, we might get rooted in a, in a mindset that this is it, that this physical world is all there is. And if you want to travel from A to B, yeah, get your ass in a physical spaceship and be like Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever it is, and 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 move your body. You're so we're so afraid of 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 detaching from our bodies or detaching from from wealth. You know, the concept of of owning land is 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 crazy. You know, especially the system that we set up. I say, all right, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna own me some land. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go buy some land in in Virginia. All right, cool. I I bought the land. Uh, I spent uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars getting me a big property, and I built myself a big house. I own that. Do I do I really own it? You know, uh, uh, I'm 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 obligated to pay uh, the United States of America what? You know, taxes, yeah. uh, uh, other miscellaneous fees. And if I want to change anything in my house, I have to get a permit. Yeah. And if I ever fall short of giving them their cut for me to exist in, in, in this country, they're going to take my, my property and yeah. take my house. So did I ever really own it? You know, uh, let's say, let's jump ahead, you know, uh, 1,000 years in the future. Will the United States be around? I, I, I'm not. I know, who knows? Probably not. I'm not going to be here in this form. Who knows what it would be? You know. So, so let's let's get into facts. I'm not going to be here in this form. One thousand years from now. Now, let's say when I pass away, this body passes away. Uh, 
you know, my maybe my family would be like, oh, my God, Joe's gone away. You know, uh, what are we going to do? They're going to take me down to a funeral home, right? And they're going to say, okay, do you want to embalm him or not embalm him? you want to cremate him? You know, which way do you want to dish up his body? So if you embalm me and you put me in the ground and I'm in this box that's preserved and, you know, maybe it'll keep my body intact for X amount of time or whatever and maybe it'll slowly decompose, you know, like these Egyptian mummies, you know, that they're still uh, maybe hair or fingernails or traces of of cartilage or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And then you have people that just go in the ground and, you know, maybe they're wrapped in cloth or something like that and they just become some bones and eventually those bones go away. I mean, does it just go away into nothing, the the physical body, or, or does it get recycled? Recycled, yeah. Gets recycled. You know, the, the, the best stuff on earth grows out of decay and shit. You know, <laughs> that's why we fertilize our 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 gardens with uh bones and and and, and guts and, and and decayed plants and everything, yeah. you know, uh, fertilizer. What do you what do you think about um I guess city life, because a lot of the stuff that you're saying is bringing a lot of stuff into my mind. Mm-hmm. One of them being like, um, there's this, uh, there's this like martial artist, uh, Crone Gracie. And he talks about like f- having like his day go by intuition rather than like a set plan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which made me, th- which you saying about like feeling rather than thinking mm-hmm. made me think of that. And then, um, but, but the thing is, it's like, you know, it's like we live in a, kind of like a repetitive cycle not just living in a city but pretty much living almost anywhere in, in this world we mm-hmm. have to fit into this mold of we have to pay the taxes we have to do this we have to do that and um there's almost like it seems like no time for living mainly off of feeling more so you have to like make these rational decisions mm-hmm. you have to choose this choose that and you have to choose now and like my whole life um i was extremely antisocial growing up mm-hmm. uh and hearing you guys talk about like i've never done any psychedelics any drugs Mm -hmm. any anything um i was into like just you know punk and hardcore scene and Mm -hmm. super like like us against you type of thing Mm -hmm. no sign of like uh this whole world's unified feeling the oneness and everything i didn't want to hear anything about oneness Mm -hmm. um so it just seems like and you know a lot of people feel that way whether it be in politics or whether it be in like my belief versus yours my religion versus yours there's so much like uh, strata like just like separation between mm-hmm. like us as humans uh but every time i've ever heard someone talk about psychedelics whether it be you or you or mike giant or whoever it is brian de la torre like mm-hmm. whenever we're talking to them there's always like this like th- common theme about like unity and feeling and just like understanding mm-hmm. uh which i feel like in our modern day is kind of hard to come by uh getting back to the whole city thing like Cause it makes sense to live your day off of like intuition and feel like what feels right today rather than like what I must do today. Because if I don't, then I don't have money to let's say pay my taxes. Um, you living like, let's say right now you're in New York. Mm-hmm. How do you, as a person who is like seeking some sort of understanding and like always trying to like be more complete as a whole, uh, how do you deal with that when you're mm-hmm. living in this type of environment? Like, Cause it seems to me like a lot of figures who have done stuff like that, like, um, even just like Eastern religion, Eastern religious figures, they move and they, they go elsewhere mm-hmm. where they can truly live like off of feeling, mm-hmm. um, where they can be in, in a type of solitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you feel that that was a reason that you went to France or how do you feel living in, in this? Well, 
that's a wonderful question. Uh, all of these different places in the world, there, uh, wherever we are, we're a product uh, of of that environment in in some form. New York City is like a radio station. It's like Hot ninety seven or something like that. You know what I mean? And and maybe even New York City has a few very various forms. You know, like think of it like the radio. You guys, you know, the regular ass radio yeah, yeah. in New York City. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where it's at now, but you got CBS FM, classic rock, which is which is oldies, mm. and the oldies is now bridged into probably like the nineties. Mm. You know, uh, then you got Hot ninety seven, you got a. Uh, uh, Q104.3, which is classic rock. Mm. And then you got uh, uh, some of those other ones, like, uh, you know, I don't know if they have 103.5 KTU. I don't oh, know yeah, 1010 10 wins. Yeah, well, a Z100, which is main middle of middle of the mall shit, Z100. You know, these are all the, the go-to radio stations that sort of define who the worker bees are, you know, the, the people that just want to pop on the radio, you know, and, and they'll listen to that same led zeppelin song a quadrillion times in a month and it just gets drilled in you know these songs like there's just certain songs that you just can't play independently like it's very hard for me to play independently a rolling stone song because it's just on the radio every goddamn day you know uh, i know the words to backstreet boys songs because I've never independently played a Backstreet song, but that one like uh, uh, "Tell Me Why" ain't <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. but a party, yeah. ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me, <laughs> I know that whole fucking song. And I was in L.A. once. I was in the frozen food section in 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 in, um, in uh, John's, and uh, that song was on. And it was it was nostalgic at that point, even though I I cringed at it. Same thing with New Kids on the Block. I know their fucking songs too because it was so just sort of saturated in my environment that I, and they're so jingly. You, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you can't escape it at that point. And, that, and, and I think that that's what happens when you live in a city is there's just a particular vibe that you just cannot escape. Mm. You could avoid it all day long. You could be... Uh, introverted and all that kind of stuff. You could protect yourself. You could line your 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 doorways with uh, uh, you know chalk and and have Palo Santo jamming all day and everything like that. And you could create your oasis in your home. But when you go out into that world, you must be an aspect of that world. And cities, you know. Uh, such a such a tremendous entity and we are all the little cogs of that entity sort of defining what it is you know when i was driving i didn't want to drive the car into manhattan you know it, you know i'm not dealing with fucking parking and traffic and all that nonsense so i took the train with daddy over there and it's there was this moment where you know when um the q train is going over the bridge uh, from brooklyn to manhattan and you're seeing, you know, some of these construction projects completed because you can tell in the nighttime skyline that there's more uh, lights on and, and it's changing the shape of, of New York City. And you're looking at the city of the future and the making. And you say, well, here I am at this point in time experiencing this, this, this shift from one age into another. Mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, the mascot for the age that we're in now. What what age are we in now, guys? Do you know the age that we're in now? The in astrology and all this kind of stuff. Uh, the age that we're in now is the age of Pisces, mm. and and uh, the figures for Pisces are they're fish, yeah, and the mascot for Pisces is the fisherman who's also a carpenter somehow, Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, uh, we're in the year 2023 and they seem to somehow tie in his birthday to the, to the restarting of the clock where you have BC and Mm -hmm. AD or CE. Now it's called, um, Jesus is the mascot of this age that we're in, and we're going into another one. Mm-hmm. And it seems like now every 100 years, we're going from one revolution to another. Mm-hmm. You know, 150 years ago, we were going into the Industrial Revolution. And what did that do to Manhattan? What did that do to the Manhattan skyline? Now, here we are, you know, right, you know, the fear of the of the new millennia, the Y2K, I don't know if you, you guys around for the Y2K concerns and fears. And we went into the internet and America online and, and uh, having websites and all that kind of stuff. And then cell phones. After 9-11, everybody ran out and got cell phones. Even though they didn't work on 9-11, everybody went out and got cell phones. And now every single person has a phone. Every, every single person is accessible. Uh, every single person has a catalog of information attached to them. We all have to store images. Oh, everybody's a photographer now. Everybody's a documenter of their lives, more or less. It's insane to not have a phone or, or, or to just have a flip phone or, or to not have an iPhone, you know, to be a creative person and have an Android. Like, yo, what's up with that dude, man? You know, we, we're kind of, th- th- we're going through another revolution. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. Is it called something? What is this tech revolution called now? I have no idea, but there, like, there's different ideas of what's coming, like Web three, or I mean, if if you follow um, and try to even keep track of the new technological revolutions and the new technologies that are coming into our lives, you almost can't believe it. I almost can't believe it because every day, at least three or four times a day, there's some groundbreaking new invention that mm-hmm. you could easily see completely like changing the the way we live our lives, changing like the world as we know it. And there's every day, Mm -hmm. multiple times a day, you got to think to yourself, like, this is too much. Um, Mm -hmm. That's my opinion, at least. Like I'm all for, I think technology has improved our lives in some ways and not so much in other ways. Um, But I definitely think that everything has a limit or a point that you should should, should let it be and let it relax at. And, And I think that in terms of that, it's like, it's, it's really like crazy. And it seems like, um, I don't know what is coming is like for some people and then like not for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's not for you, then to be honest, like it seems like you'll just be left behind. And that's like how I feel. Like I see like, uh, like my one, of, like my grandma who passed, like she mm-hmm. couldn't keep up with the technology. And it's like, she was literally living not in this world anymore, like in her house in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, for us, then that's going to be even faster because it's changing so quickly that it's just, you know, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What happens when we step outside of ourselves? What do you mean? In, in all possible ways. Uh, we're, we're, we're born into a, a, an organic planet. 
you know, uh, like, like when you were going through those periods of discovering yourself through sobriety mm-hmm. and celebrating it in, in, uh, you know, a, a, co- a common musical sound, you know, like hardcore music, um, and, and, and maybe finding positive aspects of that, that, mm-hmm. that empower you. Um, and you question the, or, or reject the ideas of oneness, you know, but, but for a fact, you know, we're, we are earth, you know, everything in the room is earth, the, the cups and the microphones and me and you, and we're all earth, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything in this room that's not earth? No. So, so for a fact, we're all this one entity, right? Yes. And are we alive or dead? We're alive. Well, we're, we are alive. No, uh, you could argue if this is alive. Okay. So the traditional concept of, of living, having a heartbeat, having a thought or, or whatever it is that we call life, we agree that we're alive. And we're also agreeing in, in this, you know, uh, understanding that, that you're you and you're you and I'm me and this is this and this thing is that and all that kind of stuff, right? And when we let go of that, that gets a little scary. That gets a little odd. That gets a little threatening. You know, that in some ways, where we're, we all we all know this deep down inside that we are all one. And mm-hmm. then, and then beyond that, we live in in a universe, and that universe might be considered one as well. And that universe belongs to a sea of stuff that we cannot put, even understand. And all of these physical things uh, are made up of non-physical things. Uh, and it's made up of energy. And energy ultimately is made up of something too. And then uh, and then we, 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 it becomes intimidating what to even call that. You know, we say, okay, well, what do you want to call that? Well, fuck that noise. I don't believe in any of that shit. I call it nothing. You know, I call it space. Or I call it uh, uh, God, mm-hmm. you know, and that dirty word God. Uh, I call it God. I call it uh, the universe. I call it uh, 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 creation. You know, no matter no matter which way, you know, you you describe it, it it you're describing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because the you know the ultimate form of everything everything the ultimate form of everything is also nothing hmm. because if, if if something is 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 completely everything then there's nothing else to compare it to so it becomes everything and nothing all in one and for a fact all of this sort of totals up to that that's that's the best in all of the sort of you know, little journeys within the experience of myself. Uh, I, I go back to that truth, and and that and everything physically is just a, a component of something energetic, and there is a whole universe of energy that exists around us that we cannot see or or measure yet or understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we can feel it, and there are people that maybe have a, a crossover. Um, uh, tellings of, of things. They say, you know, I stepped outside of myself and I came across this, or I felt this way, or I felt that way. They say, oh, wow, well, I, I went through that too. Or, And then there are people that write these things down, and there are people that pa- make paintings mm. sort of uh, um, illustrating what these spaces look like. Mm. 
or people end up uh, uh, connecting to relatives or they can and and what are those relatives are they living breathing relatives or are they energetic hmm. relatives are they a little of both hmm. or you feel like you're there with them but maybe physically you're not but nevertheless you feel like you all these things happen to people and then they come back to you know living breathing getting on the train and all that kind of stuff and they they might dare say it to somebody they're like oh shit yo you, you fucking do it too many psychedelics or or even without like some of the most prolific experiences i've had have been completely sober yeah. you know uh that's just getting on the highway you know uh you know like doing a a, a medicine ceremony or something like that you're you're getting on the highway and that highway has a soundtrack mm -hmm. you know when you sit down to an ayahuasca medicine ceremony that you've prepared for and uh, are open to mm -hmm. willing uh, to the possibility of letting go of yourself of your mind and going towards feeling your heart and then letting go of all of the the stored memories and pains and things attached to your sense of self and all that it gets a little blurry after a while yeah. you know and you fall back into these places of mm -hmm. of understanding the interconnectedness of everything and that we're we're all contributing to it, and it and and it comes out in the things that we feel we invent. You know, our, our egos. They say, "Oh, well, look, look at the society we live in now. Look at all these amazing things that we've done. We created microphones, and <laughs> and uh, we figured out how to to make coffee, and you know, we smoke cigarettes, you know, and we can have tomatoes in the middle of winter, and all that kind of stuff, you know." How do you how do you feel now? Um, you know, after I'm assuming like the the I guess like from let's say age zero to let's say age, um, just gonna put a number twenty five. Mm -hmm. You were more so in like graf graffiti mode, maybe what I would call I don't know you personally, but what I would call maybe like a pure graffiti mode. Like life is about painting, life is about graffiti, life mm -hmm. is about um, you know, getting up and expressing yourself in that way. Then there's maybe a, another stage of your life where you're starting to feel like maybe starting to enter into and also discover the things that you're talking about right now, talking uh -huh. about unity, talking about like the oneness and everything and, and just all of these things that maybe like the purest graffiti writer wouldn't normally think of on a day-to-day -day uh -huh. basis. They're more so looking at the walls, who's up, who's not, I'm not really thinking about um, unity. I'm not really thinking about uh, a place's different radio stations. I'm not really thinking about this. I'm more so thinking about graph. And, but today, uh, you do think about that stuff, but you also mm -hmm. still paint graffiti. Mm -hmm. um, where does graffiti fall into your life? Because oh, a lot man. of times, like, especially like me and him talk about this, like we feel like um, sometimes it's hard to relate to our uh, graffiti friends, which don't get me wrong. I have like a lot of love for mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm super grateful for graffiti and and all the people I've met through it as well. But just like sometimes when maybe you're on slightly different wave, it's it's mm -hmm. hard to relate because like you said, Maybe you go out, you get you get drunk, you want to fight, and maybe I feel like I have no business doing that anymore. Maybe I feel like, damn, like, am I am I different? Um, do you ever feel like that today? Uh, sure. When you, how do you feel with graffiti? Well, it's it's just about digesting everything, you know. Uh, I I think about that concept of unity because I've been there. I've gone further enough into the idea 
of me being an aspect of everything by experiencing it. I went to those places. When people have what you know they might describe as a death and rebirth experience, they might go to that place where they're where they're disconnected from their sense of self to such an extent that they feel at a loss. You know, the, that reset. And when you go that far out and you return, it it has a way of 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 of, of making you sort of ponder that, you know, and, and, and you say, well, wait a second, you know, uh, what was that? And you understand, too, that, that all of this is imagined. Another way to describe God and nothing and everything and whatever all the other religions call this is I, I like the one imagination. It's a real kids dig imagination, you know, they're meant to exercise their imagination. I like that one, but they're all the same thing, you know, uh, imagination you know uh, i feel that when we create things we go to imagination we 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 access that you know as i was saying before that our egos we get caught up in invention we say oh man you know uh human beings we 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 invented the internet you know like pff, that's crazy you know like we all you know in in your pocket it contains any answer to any trivial question you want and and whatever's on that phone is also on my phone that's insane you know and and you might have looked at my instagram stories on the way over and so i'm bopping around town with my father you know and and that just happened today you know we live in that world right now but i i feel that this already exists and it's just we're making it like a, it's just a it's just a was a microcosm. Mm -hmm. It's just like a smaller version of it. And from from all the sort of wanderings into all of this that I go, I understand that that imagination is an energetic, conscious place, and we all feed it. You know, uh, the, there there are some people that call it uh, the akashic record. You know, uh, and there are other people that just feel it. it. It's beyond a word or something. And I believe that we can sort of the way in is is a so I I get messages when I go into these things, you know. And 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 one message I received is I she said the the way to go into it is you go to a place without words within yourself. You go to a place without words, and you feel a connection. So my, the inner dialogue in, in my mind, I was raised to speak English, is English. So when I go into thinking within myself, I might catch myself using language to decode whatever it is that I'm feeling or thinking or whatever. But the way into, the, what I'm discovering is the way into that is to, for a little while, you let go of language. You just let it go. If I want to think about my foot, I don't say foot in my mind. I go to the foot, and then I imagine into the foot. I imagine into feeling my toe or feeling this or feeling that, and it's a game. I see it as a game. I'm using my imagination. I'm playing the game of letting go of my mind, and when I let go of my mind, I find it kind of works. You know, that you could line up your, your Wi-Fi. Your, 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 they have, what is it, the chakras. Yeah. You know, and you you get those things moving up and down, and then you get this funny feeling at the top of your head, and then all of a sudden you're kind of connected to Wi-Fi. You know, you go from 4G LTE, you know, to 5G, and then you're in you're in Wi-Fi, 
you know, and you have high-speed Wi-Fi for a while. And then if you continue to just sort of use your imagination and, and, and go to that place with feeling, you could feel yourself so deep into that experience that you let go of yourself for a while. Mm. And the proof is in our ability to sleep at night. When we're sitting in bed just, just, just struggling with thought, it's, it's extremely thip, difficult to drift into sleep. You know, I, we've all experienced those nights where we stay up all night because we can't get out of our heads. But when we can sleep, it's, it's when we let go of that for a while. And then all of a sudden, our subconscious is active for a while. Mm. And I feel that when we go to sleep, we're connecting to that pool of energy. I'm not saying I know for a fact. I didn't get in a spaceship and go there, bro. I'm just saying I felt it. And I go there a lot. And I think that all creators in some form go there a lot. Mm -hmm. All the little nuances that come up when we let go. And I'm like, oh shit, you discover something. If you have a throw up and you just keep doing that throw up and that throw up goes from being a formula to a rhythm, when you really get it down, it naturally evolves. You know, we see that. You know, you, you could look at a, a, a fill-in you did from 2015 and compare it to now and you see its re its evolution yeah. you, you see it with all of us mm -hmm. you know uh so yeah wi-fi the, the the same way you would understand wi-fi i feel is this pool of imagination that we all belong to mm -hmm. we go there when we sleep we feed it mm -hmm. with energy we're like uploading all our dumping all our our, our, yeah. our information to it and then what does it do when we plug if i plugged in my phone to my laptop it'll tell me that there needs to be some update mm -hmm. and then it feeds me with an update and maybe not all that information is 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 visually seen mm -hmm. it's like back-end information it's stuff going to the hard drive mm -hmm. and i feel that's what dreams are that they're, they're feeding the subconscious and, and it slips away. If we don't retain it, it slips away. Oh, man, I, I had this dream about that. Oh, I can't remember it. It's because it's, 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 it's going into ourselves sometimes, and it's giving us a moral lesson, like, like, like a download of something that is, is, is connected to intuition. And when we do things in our life to exercise intuition, similar to like being able to do a pull-up, if you can't do a pull-up, well, if you keep attempting to do pull-ups, eventually you could do a pull-up. You know, if you if you incorporate intuition more into your day-to-day -day yeah. life, that that energy becomes awakened mm -hmm. in you. And you, I feel that intuition is also being in tune. It's being in tune with nature. You know, the animals on this planet are, are extremely intuitive. They're extremely connected to the flow of the planet. Yeah. That they can sense things that go outside of our own logic. Course. Yeah, they have um, heightened senses. Just take a dog for example. Mm -hmm. How does it know that 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 car is has that exact person in it two blocks away and it's approaching mm -hmm. and they're running to the door? How do they know that? We can't do that. We don't have a heightened sense like that. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. Imagine what you know, little insects that we just don't even bother thinking about. Mm -hmm. Imagine what they can do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That we don't know about. So, yeah. and um, I just wanted to say like. I see a lot in your artwork as mm -hmm. well, um, yeah. intuition, you know what I mean? Yeah. I see a lot of, especially your characters or the way your letters flow or the colors. It just seems like it's such a freeing thing for you to do, you know, the way everything flows. And how did you, was it through psychedelics or was it through what, or just hanging out with certain writers or how did you 
you know, in my opinion, get to this high standard of just cleanliness and style and just colors and just your whole, you know, everything you do in your artwork just has like, you know, a lot could say a high standard, you know. Thank you. Of course. But the the simple answer is being interested Mm -hmm. and being interested in in understanding or or more, you know, uh, when I, when I, you know, before I, before I got into graffiti, I liked to draw like every other kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some things that I drew as a young kid that resembled Mickey Mouse or resembled my stepdad's look with his fedora on or something like that. So what did I get? I got praise and it made me feel good. It made me feel like I was doing something special and it made me want to do it more. And I discovered a lot about myself by getting lost in imagination that I could have a blank piece of paper and I could have some crayons or I could have a pencil and I I could create a world in a page. But when we go through puberty and we got to look cool and we got to, we got to sound this way or that way, sometimes we lose connection with who we are for a while. And that's important too. And that's fun too. You know, those, those awkward moments you know, that, you know, we, we learn a lot from trauma. You know, we learn a lot from dysfunction. We learn a lot from being bad boys and bad girls. Yeah. You know, um, I, I appreciate all of that stuff. I I grew up with, be, I, when I was growing up, I was given a dollar and told to go to church. And, you know, my mom didn't want to go to church. She goes to church now. She She feeds the homeless every Sunday at the Salvation Army. And she loves going there and singing her songs. And, Mm. you know, she don't care about the politics of Christianity. She's just down with Jesus, (laughs) you know. And she goes to the Salvation Army, feeds the homeless, hangs out with her girls at the Salvation Army, and they sing songs and and do a service. Mm -hmm. That's the radio station that she's down with these days. You know, but back when I was a kid, she wasn't about that life because she's trying to support a household, trying to navigate the ship and, and figure out, you know, she she got rushed into adulthood by having children as a teenager. And that's super intimidating, you know, to figure that one out. Um, but when I would go to church, I said, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn this thing to be a good boy. I want to be a good boy. I'm going to learn this and all that kind of stuff. And when I started to ask questions, the answers I, would getting, I was getting, they were kind of mean-spirited. They were kind of frustrated uh, in their delivery. So I was told that I was an atheist as a, as a little kid or, or that I'm going to go to hell or whatever, that I just need to blindly trust this and this and that. And I became a little, a little turned off by religion. Mm-hmm. I became a little turned off by religion, and I associated being religious with being spiritual. I thought it was the same thing. What did I know? It was like, believe this or else. Mm-hmm. You know. And around the same time, around eight years old, I started to have experiences with what I felt to be like people in the room at night, you know? Uh, and it's like, you know, I, I never liked to watch horror movies like Freddy Krueger or any of these yeah. kind of things. My brothers all love that stuff, but I couldn't watch it. It was just like, fuck, it's going to make it hard for me to sleep at night. Yeah. And then when I started sort of sensing someone or something in a space and it not being there or real, it made me afraid. I'd... I'd like get scared and face the wall and tuck my toes in the blankets and turn away because I'm like, oh shit, I don't want to fucking be a victim of a ghost or something like that. And 
And then when I asked my aunts, you know, who are, who are psychics and all that kind of stuff, they say, oh, it's a gift. We all have it. Wow. You know, uh, you just have to tell them not now and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I can't do that shit. You know what? I, I don't believe in any of it. I'm going to reject all of this. I'm going to say it's hallucinations. I believe in a, in, a, in a physical world and whatever science has come up with because that's the best that we've ever been. And that's how I, I rode through uh, my teenage years. And then even in my 20s when I'd wake up and I'd sense that someone was in the room and I'd see like a woman like fishing about in a, in a dresser drawer or, or this person or that person, a young person, a person who looks like they're in their 30s, a woman holding her child. And I'd assume they're real people in my space. And then they turn out not to be real. I was like, ah, oh, it's fucking hallucinations. I, I thought it was maybe because I left a, a, a jacket yeah. on on uh, the and it, and it looked a certain door, way, and it looked a certain yeah. way, and my imagination takes it there. Mm-hmm. So I stopped putting jackets and towels on Dude. things and stuff like that, and and um and I found that it's it, it it worked even then that I would sense it. I could be turned and facing a wall, and I would wake up. I'd be in that, and that it's it's that in between state. It's like um, you, you guys look young, you know. Uh, but like back in the day, like cable, sometimes you'd be flipping channels, and you get that channel that you don't have, and it come through the static a bit. Mm-hmm. You could kind of be in an in between place where you're half conscious and half not, and and sort of hang out there. You could sort of surf there. Like a, the way a surfer rides a wave, you go there for a period of time. And if you can stay calm and stay connected to what's happening, you can sort of be in it. And for a while, I was encountering that in my 20s, but I didn't want to believe in any of that shit. I didn't want to be some out there type of person. I rejected it. And and all the while was painting graffiti as, as a rebellious act. I was very angry at the world. I felt like... Uh, I didn't even want to do art for a living. I, I saw saw it as almost like prostitution, like selling my soul, selling a a, a very deep part of myself for money. I, I I was very anti money, and I was very anti this, and I was very anti that. And I ended up in jail with like a like a hundred thousand dollar bail in New Jersey in nineteen uh, end of nineteen ninety eight and into nineteen ninety nine and. At a hundred thousand dollar bail, I was working at Sears and lost my job. I was going to a community college for liberal arts because I didn't know quite know what to do, but I love writing graffiti, and I did a lot of it. And I got arrested under the suspicion that I did it. I was never caught in the act. And when I was sitting there in jail, I was in a a, a special pod in that jail that it was a high bail. Because I had a high bail, they put me in with murderers, attempted murderers, high-profile crimes, high bails. They all kind of were in this special place. So, like, there was this one guy that execution-style murdered this one dude for his gold chain in front of his girlfriend. And he was serving us food. And then there was this other guy that was, like, a rapist. And then there was this other guy that I shared a cell with. I saw all the drugs in the pond. Uh, and he was getting it from a CEO through Little Debbie Snack Cake Cartons. And he was getting cash from these people, which they were smuggling in too. And he started managing me how to do handkerchiefs and and write birthday cards for inmates and get commissary and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't belong there. I, uh, you know, like... I was painting graffiti, you know? Like, I was, I was following... I was trying to figure myself out. I grew up broken. You know, I grew up displaced and 
you know, uh, I didn't, you know, the guy, the guy in my cell, he arm robbed like eight banks between New York and New Jersey. And he said the key to not getting caught is to smear lemon juice on your face before you go into the bank because it distorts your face on camera. No way. But he was there, you know, he was doing his thing. He was a real nice guy. You know, uh, I learned a lot. Um, but it was while I was in there that I had to make a decision about graffiti, you know, like my family and all them. They would say, you know, when are you going to grow up? You know, uh, you're addicted. You know, graffiti is an addiction. Graffiti is not art. You need to do this type of thing in order for it to be considered art. You're wasting your talent. You're wasting your time. Look at what you're doing to your life. And I was sitting there in that time. I turned 19 during that time. And uh, I made a decision. I said, I, I just sat with myself in this. It's like you go to sleep. I don't know if you've ever been in jail, but you go to sleep at night when you wake up, you're waking back up into the world and you look around and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm in jail. Like you just take a vacation from it for a while by going to sleep and you wake up, you realize you're back in jail. Uh, I, I had an epiphany that what I was so connected to was not an addiction. It was a passion that I should feel so fortunate to have something like this in my life. And that maybe the problem is that I'm rejecting the, the, it. And it, if I can sort of bring this sort of passion into my life all the time, under whatever level of comfort I desire, well, then I'm living my best life. And I came out okay with the idea to make art, uh, to earn a living. I, I accepted graffiti, what I was doing as art. Mm -hmm. and, and to do that, I was ex accepting a major part of myself. Because I feel like there's just something in there when we when we when we deny that 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 creative aspect of graffiti, we're denying a part of ourselves at the same time. Hmm. So I let go of that, and I and I and I put my I put me on a, a path of not apologizing for who I am, and that and that was that's a big one. Hmm. Even even me sitting here showing my face and all that kind of stuff, I ain't no Rico Suave looking motherfucker, but. It is what it is. It's it's a lot more inconvenient for me to put on a mask. You know, I'm not going to censor who I am for other people. If if they don't approve, that's cool. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm, you know, I'm learning to be comfortable in my skin, tuned into whatever radio station suits me at the time. I I have a very eclectic taste in music, you know, uh, and I'm not bound to the radio anymore. I have Spotify, <laughs> and and I'm down with Spotify. I make playlists for when I'm painting in the studio, hanging out with my, my friends, you know, and, and you know, we, we, we just can't listen to one genre. We just can't listen to one. Yeah. We just can't eat one type of food. You, you ever meet those dudes that they only eat one sort of yeah. particular cuisine and that's it? Mm -hmm. That's fine. For some people it works. But for me, I'm, I'm a free bird, man. You know, I, you know I, like, I like to go through those shifts day to day, mm. you know. Did I answer the question? I don't know if I, I went off topic. What the question was, but <laughs> I think uh, it was answered was, perfectly. Yeah, though that was amazing. Um, <laughs> so, what do you have planned now for? I guess uh, for I guess the future because you just came you just came back from the roadmap tour. You were doing a bunch of traveling um, mm -hmm. in the physical realm, traveling all across America. Yeah, living like a kind of you know. I was just at um I was just at a a jujitsu gym training. And uh, my coach is like, he used to write graffiti when he was younger. He actually um, stopped because he fell off of a huge building and had like a pretty severe spine injury mm -hmm. um, when he was younger. 
and I told them that you were coming on the show and about how you had just done this and this and then you were in France beforehand and then about gardening and then about like all this stuff. And I realized while I was saying it, like, holy shit, like this doesn't sound normal at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds kind of crazy. I was saying it all back to back and I was yeah. like, oh, this sounds pretty like pretty out of the ordinary. So do you have anything uh, planned that's coming up? Do you do you plan stuff? Because it seems like you go off of, like I said, feeling and intuition. Intuition. So. Intuition. You know, we can be brave enough to fall into the flow of ourselves for a while and trust that it will take us where we need to go. That we don't need to measure everything. You know, uh, when I cook, when I cook, uh, I know the rice is done because I can smell it's done. You feel it. Mm. You know, it's a game. You know, it's a game every day. The more you can bring in feeling into your life, the better you get at it. You know, the the absence of feeling, it's a, it's, it's a very cold, mm. dead world. And in some ways, there's an instigation to that we are doing to ourselves because all of this stuff, you know, the, the they, you know, we say, oh, well, they... They are planning this. There, there are these people that are all plotting to do this to that. You know, there's this, what is it, Agenda 21, or there's this thing or that thing. They, 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 they. But, but you know, we are an aspect of, of that as well. Mm-hmm. We are they. Mm-hmm. All of us, we are they. And, and at the same, you know, and, and then it's the fear. It's like, oh, well, if I if I go down, you know, committing to my morals beliefs i you know i the possibility of being jailed or 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 being ruined or or dying or any of these kind of things these things trap us into just sort of going against our intuition going against uh, our better judgment um compromising our morals you know uh, there there are people that maybe they they don't want to murder anyone you know but they sign up to the military because it offers college, you know, and then maybe they go through an experience that doesn't quite feel like Rambo or Commando or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's very personal, you know, and, and, and sometimes that hurts. Sometimes that stays with you, yeah. you know, and, 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 and then, and then people go that path and it's an important path to, to, to love and respect, you know, uh, and, and, and anything, rooted in trauma. I, I'm, I'm super appreciative for all the experiences of trauma that I've had in my life because it's feelings. I think at the end of the day, when we're done with this world and we step outside and we say, okay, how do I feel about that one? You know, uh, we might appreciate all of it. Mm. You know, we might appreciate all of it, you know, all of it as lessons, all of it as experiences, you know, uh, I feel that the only thing we take from us in this life is experiences. Yeah, we don't we don't take the the, the houses or or the bank accounts or the, this thing. We could leave them to some people. We could be really kind and leave them to people we feel are extensions of ourselves, family or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. If I have these, I have these shoes over here. These uh, I have these New Balance shoes mm-hmm. here. And I just can't wear, I have other shoes, but I won't wear them. I wear the New Balance shoes, you know? And these are not even the New Balance I like. I got to go to a New Balance store and get these particular pair of New Balance yeah. that they're just my shoes. You know what I mean? And But they beat the fuck up. They got a lot of experiences in them and all that kind of stuff. But I don't care, you know? Like, like I've been wearing these pants for a couple of days now. I'm fine with it. I'm comfortable. I got, I got money to buy fucking a quadrillion pair of pants. But it be what it be. I'm in it for the experiences. I get to hang out with my dad. 
you know, we go eat after. Hey, Dad, you still awake? Yeah, yeah we, we, we go eat after, and, and I just roll with it, you know. Uh, when, when a current takes us out to sea, we could fight it and potentially drown, or we could just sort of stay calm and, and, and just stay afloat and just be with it, and eventually it'll take us back to shore. Hmm. Well said. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show and speaking about your story, speaking about uh, the things that you've learned over a lifetime. Um, I'm definitely going to re-listen to this and yeah. I've taken a lot from it. So thank you again. Yeah, uh, my pleasure. You, for us. I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I, I've, I've listened to quite a few of your episodes and I think the, the, the pace that you go on and, and, and your ability to get people to sort of, um, uh, open up, uh, you're on the right path. Um, I enjoy it. I, I, I hope to see you do more. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I don't even know. Some things are yeah. can't even explain them. But I, I I appreciated this and gra- conversation. And graffiti, you know, and graffiti yeah. is is a wonderful one too. You know, I love yeah. like the, to answer just just to chuck in a question about graffiti is like how do I how do I find peace in, in writing in places where I'm not supposed to painting in places where I'm not supposed to? I don't know. You just kind of figure out a balance. You know, a lot of times there's something that I might have written on a few years ago that I might not now. Mm. I have a little bit of compassion for things. I tend to not write on things if it's like if I could tell somebody just buff their truck. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I'd like to, but nah, maybe I'll just let that. Side. You, could, you could tell these people who are just desperately trying to keep their shit clean, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I love it. I, I I really do think that the world needs that that humanity needs graffiti it's been an essential part of who we are in understanding ourselves it it is a written record to understand cultures far removed we know about the the you know uh, the humans that were in caves based off of what they did to mark their space or in 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 uh, pyramids or temples or or whatever it may be, we know about, you know, the the sixteen hundreds through paintings, through sculpture, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I see graffiti as being a very important thing. And um, if I could just inject one, one more thing, yeah, dude, of and uh, I'll say that. So what I where I'm at now, just to be transparent, is I, I've really come into channeling. I understand that just being an artist that you're, you're already doing it. You're already connecting to something. And if you lose yourself in that, you're stepping outside of yourself and you bring something in that's surprising, surprising to others and to yourself at the same time. You're like, oh shit, you just bump into mm-hmm. things. You know, uh, I feel that, uh, you know, painting, started, I started writing graffiti in 1991 and it's this practice sometimes where you're painting in the dark low lit situations where you can't tell one color from the next you're painting in uncomfortable places whether it be weather wise or or maybe you're standing uh on on a ledge or you're painting under pressure with people looking at you or having to rush out or dealing with potentially dying like stepping on a third rail or any of these kind of things that we're thrilled by uh but create being able to create in a confident way under pressure, uh, it helped me to be able to channel. So like if I go into a deep meditation within myself and I can sort of slip into that in-between space where I'm half here and half not, 
and I fall into that imagination rhythm and I feel like there's something coming through or being said to me or, or an idea that just sort of comes in like, like, like in a snap, that I could hold it, that I could sort of stay in that difficult place for a while or that weird place for a while and work with it and, and, and just sort of bring it in. So like when I will go and sit and say a medicine ceremony, like on New Year's, I was sitting doing ayahuasca in the dark is completely, there was just a little, you know, uh, we were in a yurt and there was just a little uh, window at the top and it's tremendously hard to see. And you're in the most deepest of connections to the earth itself through the spirit of these, these plants. Uh, but I, I'm able to hold that state. You know, I'm able to sort of be uncomfortable in the dark mm. and bring something through that comes out seamlessly without a pencil or without me pondering it. I feel like a, a stenographer. Mm. I feel like it's just coming through me and I just let go of my sense of self and it and it's just spelled out for me. And what comes out are these understandings and, and a lot of them are rooted in universal truth. And I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm just me. I'm just Joseph and all that kind of stuff. I pull from it. I grow from it. I learn from it. And it's fun. It's like, oh, wow, that's that's kind of out there. It, it's thrilling like graffiti, mm. you know, to be able to, you know, like the magic of, of painting something at night uh, is fully realized when you return to it the following day. Like if you painted like a really dark underpass, and you couldn't see shit, and then you come back, and you could see red is red, yeah. and and this thing, and you miss yeah. this fill or that fill. Mm. The magic is there, mm. and it's like how how far can I go in a, in a difficult circumstance? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. With all this stuff, I, I I do believe that channeling is possible, and graffiti was my training to be able to work in in, in difficult states. Mm. Well, well, well said. Yeah, hundred percent. Well um. Yeah. Like I said, immense thank you, and uh, it was an honor for us. So thank yeah. you for coming here. And, and yeah, man, I think yeah. people will be, honestly will be super yeah. hyped. And it's very different from uh, from most of our talks with a lot of graffiti writers, but different mm -hmm. in like a super good way. And I think yeah. that there's a lot to be learned and things to just consider. Yeah. Like I'm uh, just hearing this. Like I've been kind of in my own head as well, mm -hmm. thinking about certain ways I can apply it to my life, or yeah. just even some mm -hmm. things you say that maybe. Maybe like in the first moment when you say them, maybe I don't agree with them. But then I'm like thinking about like how I don't agree with them. And then maybe I'm like, well, maybe he has a point. And like, why, why don't I agree with that? Maybe it's because of some way that I am or some way. And it's just making me think. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for coming yeah. on the show. In, in a world where everything is also nothing, the answer is always yes. You know, that, that's really it. Is when you step into the infinity of imagination... All is possible and yeah. happening at yeah. the same time. It steps out of timeline. You know, uh, uh, if if you go into your head at night and you you want to start dreaming or or daydreaming about a particular thing, maybe you're interested in a person, or maybe you're thinking about what you did earlier, or what you're going to do tomorrow, whatever. You could sort of have like an internal experience about yeah. it. And I feel that this existence, the sea of imagination is sort of doing that. So if we can if we can think it up then yeah, sure, why not? And when you step over and you you go through that that sort of fictitious uh, veil of being alive and mm -hmm. dead, 
and you sort of play around there, you understand that this is all just an experience and that we're in it for experiences. And, you know, maybe we could have more than one experience and, you know, maybe we could just be comfortable with it all and, 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 and be here to instigate a good time. Yeah. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm inst here to instigate a good time. And I love graffiti so much. I love all the people, you know, that, that I've learned from along the way in it. I, I very much am a student of it. I am, I, I do feel that I'm, I'm a master of the craft and I kind of hit that ceiling for a while and I said, well, where to go from here? And it's kind of like college for the people that have been to college. You, you go, you get your bachelor's, you get your master's and you get your doctorate, you know, and then beyond that, you know, like once you get into your doctorate, you got to kind of contribute something. Mm. And, um, in order to do that, you have to learn everything just to be good enough at letting it go. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at now is, is I'm, I'm finding the ability to see some of these out there things in a logical way, mm. but, but at the same time, not because it's all imagination and I'm just down yeah. with it. Oh, it's, it's amazing yeah. because you know, what you're teaching, what you, what you talked about on the show today, it, you know, graffiti, you could say is just like a physical thing, but what we're talking about is kind of builds the foundation of a person, mm -hmm. their character, their identity and from that they can create their graffiti you know what yeah. i mean so thank yeah. you so much yeah. Yeah. we could be in a place where instead of it coming from us mm -hmm. it could come through us mm -hmm. and that's kind of where i'm at now is i i just i just let it go like when i'm talking to you guys i don't quite know what i'm gonna say or how i'm saying it i just it's like people who freestyle you know like people who do like freestyle rapping yeah. or something like that yeah. you know you just you just get into that you just tune into it and then you just you just ride it out, you know, and you trust. You trust that whatever it is 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 important and fun and and and, and worth getting wrong every once in a while. You know, uh, you know, you can't land all your, your tricks, but if you if you're not afraid, you know, eventually, you know, it'll surprise you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um thank you so much. My pleasure. Peace. Peace.